When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Giants Beat Podcast on Scout.com. I'm Alex Simmons, joined alongside once again by David Bloodstein, and we're here to give our thoughts on the 2017 NFL Draft. That happened just a week ago. And the Giants, David, they made plenty of moves to help bolster the roster into a potential Super Bowl contender. And just to recap, their picks in order, tight end Evan Ingram from Ole Miss, defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson from Alabama, quarterback Davis Webb from Cal, running back Wayne Gowan from Clemson, defensive end Avery Moss from Youngstown State, and Pitt offensive tackle Adam Bisnawati. And over the course of the next 30 minutes, David and I will break down each pick reveal who we think will be impact players for the Giants right away, discuss potential busts in the class, and, and mention any positions we think the Giants could have addressed better. And then at the end, we'll give our overall letter grades, as most uh, draft experts do. Um, but first, David, let's discuss this highly talked about first-round pick for the Giants in tight end Evan Ingram out of Ole Miss. So right off the bat, were you happy with this selection, or do you think the Giants should have taken you know, a David Njoku or maybe an offensive lineman since O.J. Howard had been drafted by Tampa Bay already with the 19th overall pick, I believe. So, Alex, you brought up a lot of very great points there. And in my own personal opinion, I see this truthfully as a pick you would make in a Madden franchise. Evan Ingram is a fantastic player, and I think he's going to be a powerhouse on the Giants. But with Njoku there, who I thought the Giants would have taken if they decided the tight end was the way to go, Evan Ingram did shock me. Uh, as I read about him and as we did research and saw more tape and highlights and all that great stuff, I began to like this pick more. But at the moment, I was shocked as a giant, and it struck me as a Madden pick where you choose this athlete from the type of position who is dominant but has, has drawbacks. I thought he was going to be a second, maybe third-round pick. As our 23rd overall selection in the draft, it was, it was shocking to say the very least. But I no. – I, I, at the moment, with him, <laughs> I, uh, I I have to agree with you there. Um, I was I've thought for sure that once OJ Howard um was picked up by the Buccaneers and David Njoku was still on the board, I thought for sure the Giants were going to get it because I remember um at least you know a month or however long since the combine uh, had taken place, the Giants were talking about how much they liked Njoku, but you know all the draft experts were projecting Njoku to go you know right before the Giants uh, were up at twenty three. And um, I was very surprised to hear Ingram's name. But, again, he didn't get you know a lot of the hype that came along with OJ and uh, David Njoku. But I think he'll have a big impact. I mean, he's quick and he's explosive. He's not a typical, I guess, he's not the, he doesn't have the typical body like an OJ Howard did where you know he's going to be a great blocker as well as a receiver. I kind of said this from the get-go that Ingram's sort of like another Brendan Marshall, you know, similar size, similar build. Um so in that regard, I thought they got more of a another pass weapon, which would be great for Eli Manning. This offense is is stacked as it is on the on the perimeter, and they just got another weapon. So I think he'll work out. I think he'll. he'll it's a good thing now that they picked up Rhett Ellison in the offseason because Ingram at this moment, if he doesn't put on weight, he's not going to be a great blocker. But overall, like you said, I thought 
Ingram was a kind of a second round talent. I thought he, I thought the Giants could have waited another round to get him, or maybe if they felt that he would have gone early in the second round, they could have traded up um, to get him in the second round. And maybe I thought, you know, at that point without OJ Howard um, available, they could have drafted an offensive lineman, or they could have just traded up to get OJ Howard. By under, but I understand they would have had to, you know, give away a ton of picks. Um, so that's kind of where I stand on that. No, you bring up a lot of good points, too. And I'm trying to sell myself as the Giants fan on Evan Ingram, and I am looking at both the scouting report of Jordan Howard and, and, and Evan Ingram as we speak, because that is obviously his, his uh, NFL comparison. And yeah. Evan Ingram, one inch taller, ran the 40 in a 4.42 as opposed to Jordan, uh, Jordan Reader in a 4.72. Uh, all these measurables and all these factors tell me that the Giants did make a great pick, and maybe Njoku was seen as a smokescreen, but it is, it is a hard sell for Giants fans because he's a genius tight end who can block and can do it all. And from everything we're reading, he's not big enough to to block his next level. And, and it is worrying, especially with an offensive line that is not the greatest, uh, that this is a kind of one-trick pony in a sense where he doesn't have that capability to help on all facets of the field. And that's a first-round pick. You have to, have to be sure that this one is the right move. And, and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the preseason and OTAs and into the regular season that this is the right move for the Giants, but it, it will take some time. And I think we drafted more of a project type in the first round, which which is not really what we wanted to see. We wanted to see an impact player, and it might take some time. Yeah, you you bring up a great point about you know about how in the first round you know teams draft a guy who can come in and have an impact right away, and you know not have to work too much on his game. You know, he's still going to have to, you know, work on his game because it's playing at the at an entirely entirely different level. But, you know, you, you want a guy that is like an O.J. Howard who, who, who can do it all right away. Um, and it's kind of, I guess it's, it's different. Giants fans aren't used to this from Jerry Reese. Jerry Reese usually has had great luck, you know, with first-round picks. You know, Odell Beckham Jr., Eli Apple recently. And just overall, last year's draft class, there were a bunch of guys, at least um, at least the top two picks, um, Eli, with um, Eli Apple especially, who made who made significant contributions, and of course Sterling Shepard, we know. So this is kind of um, an interesting move for a Giants front office and Jerry Reese, who usually don't get their first round picks wrong. And I don't want to say wrong yet because obviously we haven't seen Ingram play. You know, for all I know, for all we know, he'll be a great blocking tight end and a great receiving tight end, and he'll be that missing piece that propels the Giants to the Super Bowl this year. But I think we've talked enough about Ingram at the moment. So, David, we're gonna we're gonna focus on the other other players the Giants uh, selected uh, in the draft last week in Philadelphia. So, I'm just gonna we're just gonna go, we're gonna go rapid fire. We'll go down the list and just alternate. Um, and you can give your thoughts, and I'll give my thoughts. And we're gonna start with Dalvin Tomlinson. What do you think of him? Do you think he was a player that the Giants needed so badly that they should have picked him in the second round or not? Uh, yeah, I believe this was the. I believe from the Giants' draft perspective, this was the best pick. This was the one that made the most sense in terms of draft needs. We needed a defensive tackle. Uh, Jonathan Hankins obviously did some of the Indianapolis Colts in the offseason. We needed someone to come in and fill that gap that was left uh, with him leaving. And I think Thompson's come in. Uh, the only thing I read, he seems like a very, very similar player to what Hankins was, but obviously now he's younger and a rookie. And has that potential to step in and be a starter right off the bat for you know, five, six, eight seasons. I think he will be a force on the defensive side of the ball, and this is a good pick in my opinion. 
Yeah, I, I think he's a good player. I think he's definitely a guy um, that's going to come in and have you know a big impact right away. And but but I, I'm not really sure that the defensive tackle was a need that had to be addressed as high as the second round. I mean, he'll repl- he'll do a good job replacing Hankins, but I just think the Giants would have had enough depth on the defensive line to be a force just like last year without Tomlinson. But, you know, again, he is going to come in. He's going to help. Um, he did have a productive 2016 season with Alabama. He had 62 tackles and three sacks. Um, but I don't know how many snaps they're going to use him for. Um, and because of that, I don't know if the Giants really are going to get a huge return for what a second-round investment should be. But, you know, overall, it wasn't one of those picks that I hated. I just thought, you know, maybe they should have gone an offensive lineman there. Um, considering they uh, they didn't draft one in the first round, but we're going to move on real quick. And this this third round pick, this is interesting. We, we I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about with this one. Davis Webb, uh, do, do you think he's Eli's heir apparent? Because I'm not sold, David. Um, I I'm not really sure either. I want to believe that Davis Webb is the answer. Uh, ever since you and I have been doing this podcast, I've always talked about how the Giants need to draft a successor mm-hmm. Eli Manning. Yeah. Davis Webb. You can't talk about uh, Davis Love in California without bringing up the Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre parallel mm-hmm. because it's so clear. It's not. It's literally a very similar situation, and I I want to believe that Davis Love can be that heir apparent, but we won't know for for at least four or five years. We really we can't tell unless Eli Manning gets injured, which not if it happens, we're not going to have an answer to this for at least the next three seasons, maybe four seasons, maybe even five, because you don't know. How long you you have to give a leash for this quarterback? He's going to need time. You have to develop, and until Eli Manning retires, we're not going to have a true answer. I want to believe that this is the right pick, but we could have said the same thing uh, four seasons ago with Ryan Nassib. He never did anything. He's a free mm-hmm. agent now. We're not going to sign back. So it's just uh, this is a wait and see pick, and this could be the solution for the next twelve seasons. This could be just nothing. It could be a waste of pick. Uh, so I, I want to believe it was the right one. I think that this could be the air pair, but we're not going to. We're not, I'm not sold on it yet either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not sold as well. I, and it's funny that you brought up Brian Nassib. That his name flashed through my mind as soon as I saw Davis Webb. Uh, and the fact, that the Giants have picked him in the third round. Like, yeah, he, he has talent. There's no doubt. He he did throw for 37 touchdowns and like a little under four forty three hundred yards last year with Cal. Uh, he's a he, was, he transferred from Cal or to Cal uh, for his senior year. He was at Texas Tech the past uh, three years before that. But again, I, don't, I think he's a project, like you said. And you know, if any team can, you know, with a quarterback that's not ready, like Davis Webb, he's obviously not ready. I think he's in a good spot. You know, he's not going to be forced to play. Even if Eli goes down, you know, you have Geno Smith, and you have and you have other quarterbacks there that would definitely play ahead of him. Because again, he's he's not ready, and that's the problem we see with all these quarterbacks that get drafted. I mean, it's rare that you see Dak Prescott where a guy gets drafted right away, isn't expected to play, has to come in and replace the injured quarterback and does well. But so, so it's tough to judge them. Um, and But nothing really besides this guy. He has a big frame. I think he's 6'5". He's 230 pounds. Um, you know, the whole Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre dynamic is in the back of my mind as it is for most people. Um, but, again, I was, I was a little – I I thought Davis Webb he was a little bit of a high pick. I think they could have gotten him to fourth round. And again, this is going to be a theme throughout this podcast, but I think they would have been better off drafting an offensive tackle here and then maybe waiting until next year uh, for that potentially loaded quarterback draft class to find uh, Eli's potential replacement. 
I, I think you're absolutely right. And also, I mean, I wanted to talk about this draft real quick. You don't know really uh, The Steelers took uh, Tennessee Joshua Dobbs in the fourth round. Uh, Nathan yep. Peterman and Brad So I think the Giants were almost scared. Oh, depending on how they had uh, Davis Love ranked in their board, I think they had him as his best arm, but I think they would say that at any quarterback they took uh, to defend it. Uh, if they had believed that he would have been there another round or two, I think they would have waited. But I, I almost feel like they got scared of taking Davis Love, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with you there. And, and we're going to move on to Wayne Galvin, the Clemson running back. He's a player who I mentioned, I think, as a potential third-round pick for the Giants in our last podcast. So I was glad to see the Giants take him because I think he, he could be valuable. Do you feel the same way? Uh, I do. I actually really wanted the Giants to go pick up a power a power back uh, in the sense of like a Garrett Bourne because I know right before the draft the Giants expressed interest in him. Uh, but I am happy to see the Giants pick fourth round running back in Galman. I think he comes in. I think there'll be a, a committee with him and Perkins. He might get 10 to 15 carries a game. And he'll do the work. And with running back, it's such an interesting uh, – it's always interesting in the draft because you can find a quality starting caliber guy in the fourth, fifth, fifth and sixth round. I think Perkins last year was a, a fifth-round pick, fourth-round pick, whatever it was. Because the whatever team will always find a capable running back who can put the work in in the middle rounds. And I think this is a good pick for what we needed. Yeah, I personally love this pick, actually. I think Gelman, he's a powerful kind of downhill runner. But he also has the speed uh, and a really nice skill set. Again, it's, as you said, it's going to be a committee backfield, you know, between him, Paul Perkins, you know, Shane Vereen, whoever else. Um, but he's a, he's a hard physical runner. Um, and his nickname at Clemson, I thought it was funny, was the train. And that just kind of shows how powerful and fast he was down there. But he's he's very versatile. And he plays with a ton of grit, which I think is really important for a running back. Um, he rushed for over 2,500 yards and 30 touchdowns. Um, in the past two seasons uh, at Clemson and, and helped the team, obviously. He was a key cog that kind of was lost in the hype, you know, lost in the whole uh, Deshaun Watson um, hype um, in terms of, you know, reaching the national championship game in both years. And, of course, they won it uh, this past January. And um, he, the one thing I, I really like about this kid, Dave, is that he's, he has a huge chip on his shoulder now. He's, he's eager to kind of to show, and, and he's eager and ready to show all the teams that passed up on him that, you know, they made the wrong decision. So I always kind of like when that happens. Um, and I think he'll get some some important snaps this year. And I think he'll have – I think he'll be an impact player. I think they'll use him on special teams a lot too in the return game. So I think he'll have a, an impact on this team um, from the get-go. I think you're absolutely right. And the Giants are going to use him. There's no way. They're not going to get Paul Ferkins 250 uh, <laughs> rushes this year. He's going to get the ball, and he's going to have to show that we made the right pick. And, and as you said yourself, that player with the chip on their shoulder, I think he comes in, and I think he dominates. And I, and I really hope so. If he wants to prove every other team wrong, then more power to him. Let's see what he can do. All right, David, that's a great point. And we're going to move on here. So, pick this fifth-round pick, Avery Moss, to me it was a kind of a questionable one. He has the talent. You know, I think he had something like 11 sacks in 2016. Um, but do you think drafting a defensive end was a necessity for the Giants, um, especially before getting an offensive lineman? Uh, I'm not. I, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't really love this pick. I think this is more the Giants uh, playing uh, chess when everyone else was playing checkers. In a sense, they saw this player. Uh, he went to Youngtown State. Uh, he actually transferred there from Nebraska. He did have an NFL pedigree, 
Uh, he seemed to have everything right. Uh, it was more off the field issues with him because I believe he play, he played no no contest to public indecency, and this is 2014 season. Uh, it seemed mm-hmm. like Giants were trying to get value here in the fifth round uh, because you expect those fifth, sixth, seventh round picks to either be uh, camp bodies, rotational pieces. Uh, you hope they can tr- contribute down the line. And I think from a talent perspective, Avery Moss was a fantastic pick. Uh, but it doesn't really help the Giants in terms of their needs. It just seems like another component of that uh, front seven on the defensive side. And it will be, uh, it'll be very interesting what happens with him. I don't, I don't love this pick, but I can understand why we made it based on where we were in the draft. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think this is one of those, you know, cases where it's it was he was the best player available and at that point, you know, that late in the draft, a lot of teams kind of use you know, okay, who's the who's the best guy on their board at this point? Let's go with him, uh, regardless of needs. But he was I you know, he was in my opinion, probably I don't want to say the worst pick, but the most questionable. Again, I said he has eleven he had eleven sacks in twenty sixteen, which obviously I'm sure stood out for the Giants. Um but aside from his play, he's, he's had some off-the-field incidents um, when he was back in Nebraska. Makes me question his character a little bit. And the Giants almost never really, you know, sign or draft any player who has any questionable integrity. They're pretty, you know, they're pretty good about that. And um, just to top it off, I think the Giants, you know, the Giants have a ton of depth um, besides JPP and, and Olivier Vernon. They have Romeo Aquara, Kerry Wynn, and even Oamagui, Odegiwuza. You know, those guys, those are all very good players who have played and have contributed. So, I don't know exactly why they feel like they needed to add more depth there unless Moss is just kind of going to be, you know, a special teams player from the start and maybe kind of, you know, make his way onto the team um, in that sense. I think I think you're absolutely right. Um, going back to the character issues, it seems like Moss is, is moving on and trying to find himself uh, mm-hmm. and be a better person. So we can only hope the Giants got a value pick here in the fifth round. Megan, Fifth round picks, you know, they're not they're not expected to come in to be instant stars. So you come in and contribute and give us meaningful snaps in in the regular season, no matter what, that's a good pick. You can't expect the world of them. Exactly, David. And so finally the Giants did draft an offensive lineman, but a sixth round pick in Adam Bisnawity will unlikely be able to start right away and fill, you know, that much needed opening or just, you know, add some kind of improvement to what was the worst offensive line in the NFL last season. So, David, I guess I want to ask you, did this pick make any sense to you? Uh, I actually wrote a scattering report about Viznawati. Uh, um, from what it sounds like, this seems like a this seems like a quality pick based on where we were. We actually traded up uh, with the Titans. We gave him mm-hmm. like six and seven rounds for this guy. So we had to believe that he was at least capable of being an NFL tackle. And from everything I read, 6'6", 304, uh, he described himself as a fighter and a brawler, and he's a nasty, tough man. I'm excited to see what he can do in uh, training camp, OTAs, preseason. I think he will end up being the 53-man roster in some sense. He'll be a backup. I think that he will push uh, the offensive line, whoever he's going after, whether it's at the left side or the right side of the tackle, because that's where the Giants do want to play him. Uh, I think he will uh, down the line with I think this player actually will exceed his draft expectations of being a six-round pick. Yeah, I, I think he'll definitely. I mean, he's got that nasty edge that you like in an offensive line. He, you know, he's going to come in. He's going to be willing to compete and push. You know, the starters to you know at least put a little pressure on them and help them perform better. 
But um, the Giants coming into the draft, you know, they had no bigger need than uh, addressing concerns on the offensive line. And, you know, just the fact that they waited until the, the sixth round to address that concern might have been a big mistake. You know, granted, if personality turns out to be at least, you know, a serviceable option at either tackle or guard, then the Giants probably got a steal um, that late in the draft. But, um, you know, he, he dealt with injuries three out of four years while playing for, um, for Pitt, um, twice to his ankle and once to his back. But he, he did only miss six games, so he was able to bounce back. But um, there has to be some concern among, you know, the Giant coaches staff in front office in some way that he'll inevitably re-aggravate those injuries playing, you know, such a physical and violent game as football is, and the, that physicality and that violence kind of escalate, you know, once you reach, or from the college game to the professional game, excuse me. And at best, I kind of think there's not what he's ceiling is, you know, an av- mediocre to average starter, but like a starter nonetheless. Um, but just the biggest problem I had with this pick, it's not that they, not with Adam, but not with he, you know, I'm not trying to rag on him or anything. I just think that they should have taken an offensive lineman earlier. So that kind of confused me. But, David, we're going to move on right now. Um, so out of all of these picks, who do you think is going to be, you know, or the, who do you think is uh, most likely to be a bust, or do you think there will be multiple busts um, from this draft class? I think, uh, even if John Simmons doesn't have something to say, I think David Club is the most likely to be a bust, uh, only because we're not going to see him play for so long, hopefully fingers crossed. And by that point, we're not – he's going to be a rookie, quote-unquote, in the sense when he ever – whenever he gets on the field, he's going to have to grow. You can take as many steps you want or hear as many quarterback means as you want, but until you step on that field, we don't know what he really can contribute. And even if you have one good week or two or three, what makes an NFL quarterback successful, what gives him a long year is he might show uh, bright spots, but if he can't do it consistently, he's not an NFL starting quarterback. And out of everything we have, Davis Webb is the one that I truly believe can be a bust, most likely out of all of them. Yeah, I agree with you with Davis Webb. You know, he's not likely to play for another two or three years. So we'll have to wait to know for sure if he's going to be a bust or not. But right now I, kind of, I think he kind of likes the accuracy uh, to be successful in the in the National Football League. Um, I think Avery Moss is up in the air, toss-up, and same thing with Adam Bisnowity. I think Avery Moss, if – he can prove his worth, you know, on special teams because, you know, he's not going to be playing He's not going to be playing a lot of snaps, if any, on the defensive line right away. I think if he can prove, you know, his worth on uh, the special team side of the ball, I think then he won't be a bust, but that obviously remains to, miss, to be seen. And then Adam Bisnowity, his injury history concerns me, and I don't know if he's going to be able to handle that, you know, increased physicality of the NFL. But, again, I think the most likely bust is Davis, Davis Webb, and it's unfortunate. Because, you know, part of that reason is because we're not really, you know, we're not going to be able to see him play for, you know, at least two or three years, um, and hopefully a lot longer than that. You're absolutely right. You, you made the point yourself. Um, if he gets into a game before year three, something went wrong. As Giants said, something had to go wrong at that point. So, <laughs> who knows? All right, David. So, um,. I think I've already made it fairly clear, you know, what position I think the Giants, you know, failed to address the property. But I'd like to know where you think the Giants, the Giants may have gone or went wrong, excuse me, last week in terms of a position they failed to to address properly. I think you said about. I think you said it yourself, 100% correctly. Offensive line. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I think if we had switched that Davis Webtech with 2020 hindsight, knowing now, had drafted a third on offensive lineman there and then gone back and. Draft and drafted uh, 
Greg Kaya uh, trade up for him. I think the Giants would have had a much more successful draft event. They would have had that young prospect who did need time to develop, but a much more capable offensive lineman. And the third round probably would have been able to come in and start from day one. So I think that high tech twenty twenty, but that would have been the way to go. Mm-hmm. This drafting offensive. Exactly. Uh, obviously, you know, I thought the Giants should have taken an offensive lineman probably in the first round once once they didn't trade up for O.J. Howard because I think, as I said before, Evan Ingram could have fallen to the Giants in the second round or they could have traded up for him. I think the Giants didn't think that there was a first-round talent um, in regards to the offensive line besides maybe Garrett Bowles, who, of course, went to Denver a little earlier. So I think, you know, at that point, Ryan Ramchek and Forrest Lamp we're still on the board. Ramchek obviously went to the Saints uh, with the last pick in the first round, and Forrest Lamp went to the Chargers uh, early in the second round. I think any of those guys would have been plug-in-and-play guys, and um, I think they would have been a smart pick. And just the fact that they didn't, you know, pick a lineman in the second through four, you know, in, in the remaining rounds until the sixth round uh, was kind of stunning to me. And you know, I don't think, or I think the players they picked were high need guys, and most, except for maybe you know, Galvin and Tomlinson, won't be major impact players right away. And again, unless Avery Moss can have that impact on special teams, which we both kind of think he might. Um, and I just think they failed to meet their most pressing need. And that has to be frustrating for Giant fans who, you know, had to suffer through some pretty poor offensive line play all season in, um, in 2016. And David, um, finally, before we, before we wrap up here, um, what overall grade would you give the Giant front office and their coaching staff for this year's draft? Um, I, I, wrote, I just want to say off the bat, I wrote an article um, for Scout.com about you know comparing the, the first um, last year's draft class and this year's draft class. And my, in my opinion, it wasn't even close. I'd like to get your take. Uh, I would give this uh, this draft class a C plus, bordering on a B minus. Um, I like Evan Ingram as a player. Um, I think uh, Delvin Tomlinson will come in and be a, a key starter right away. Uh, Davis Webb has potential to be a yeah, starting quarterback. I'm not going to say franchise quarterback because you never know. Third round picks are always mm-hmm. interesting. Um, Gallman should come in and contribute fairly well, and then fifth, sixth, and seventh round pick, uh, or fifth and sixth, should be contributing factors, special teams, maybe come in, give some meaningful snaps. Uh, I think C plus, B minus is all right, you got two capable starters and a, and a quarterback prospect. Congratulations. Let's see what we can do from this. It, nothing blew me away. Nothing seems like it was going to be an instant home run. We got an next Hall of Famer here. It's, all right, we got some decent players. Let's plug them in. Let's see if we can make a run in the Super Bowl. C plus, B minus. It was pretty Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. Nothing blew me away, but, again, there weren't any, like, you know, I wasn't really questioning any 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 pick um, to an extent that, made me feel bad about um, this upcoming season. I would give the Giants overall probably a C, maybe a C-plus for this year's draft. Um, unlike last year where they drafted pretty much three immediate impact players in Eli Apple, Sterling Shepard, and Dalvin Thompson, even though Thompson um, was injured. But he was um, the starter for week one before he got – or he was the starter in week two. He got injured in week one and, of course, um, after week two against New Orleans. And I, I think that this year's class – may just have one real impact guy with Evan Ingram. I think, you know, again, I don't think he was a great pick in the first round, but, you know, he's got the speed, the athleticism, and the hands to be a nice safety blanket for Eli and a pretty good pretty good red zone threat when split out of the slot or 
you know, lined up on the line of scrimmage. And Wayne Gallman has a chance to contribute, but right now he's, you know, he's lower on the depth chart, and he'll probably mainly see some time with special teams, as I said. And Tomlinson, he'll come in and he'll play right away, but I don't know how, you know, how many snaps he's going to get, and I don't think defensive tackle was in need worth addressing that early in the second round. And so basically, basically to sum it up, um, you know, I'm not picking a plug-in and play offensive lineman early on and selecting other positions of less importance than offensive linemen all the way until the last round, really, is was a tough thing for me to swallow, and it almost makes me feel generous for giving them a C. Um, so in that C to C-plus range is where I see them. I couldn't have said it any better myself. I really couldn't have. You're absolutely right. Well, um, well, with that, David, that, that's all the time we have left uh, for this edition of the Giants Beat Podcast. We'll, we'll be back in a matter of months uh, whether or not, and to see whether or not any of these picks pan out and if any end up surprising David and I and Giants fans alike. Until then, make sure to check out any and all the latest information regarding your New York Giants via the Giants Beat on scout.com. Until next time, for David Bloodstein, I'm Alex Evans. Thanks for joining us, and so long. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.